welcome to uh, episode 43 of the Managing Expectations podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me as always is uh, my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Yes, that's right, everyone. We're recording in the afternoon. Does that does that ruin the magic for you? Brian doesn't care. He's been told, he's been talked to about this. He continues to say good afternoon. Or good morning, depending on the time of day. <laughs> Why is it never good evening, Brian? Well, that's when the sun sets on my availability for the Managing Expectations podcast. Uh, so, uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, howdy. Uh, we're, um, uh, we're back after a little bit of a, a hiatus. Uh, we, um, uh, do have some things to talk about. Uh, I don't know that, uh, any current events are going to make it into, make it into uh, uh, the show today because well because just... well because nothing's really happened in the last two weeks <laughs> <laughs> I mean the world as a whole has been pretty quiet quiet as a tomb yeah <laughs> right tomb interesting choice <laughs> I um uh I had to explain, uh, I've had to explain nihilism a couple of different times uh, lately and um, how it's different than being an existentialist. Um, um, and uh, the best two examples of nihilism or, or I suppose nihilism as some uh, uh, pronounce it um, though I don't like that because that sounds like um, like uh, Neil like somebody a guy named Neil and then like Armstrong? yeah Neilism would be like the um, a, a philosophy in the form of <laughs> Neil Armstrong or Neil Pert of the rock band Rush, uh, there's a new guy Neil Ferguson, although and, and he's got like the old old timey British uh, spelling of his name N I A L L, uh, so it looks like Nile, uh, which would be like nihilism. Back to nihilism, yeah. So uh, whereas an existentialist um, struggles to survive. Uh, in a hostile universe, uh, a nihilist uh, just wants to burn it all down. So uh, you've had, you've got um, there were the there were the nihilists of uh, in the Big Lebowski, and there's that great line by uh, John Goodman. I don't, I, you probably haven't seen ever seen this. It's not as good as the Hudsucker proxy, I'll tell you that, but there are some good lines. And um, uh, 
John Goodman says, uh, say what you will about the tenets of national so so socialism, at least is, it is an ethos, as opposed to nihilism. <laughs> Uh, and then there's like a scene where like the the nihilist goes and they're and of course they're german uh we are nihilist uh lebowski we believe in nothing <laughs> we believe in nothing so anyway um uh and then oh and then the joker in the second christopher nolan batman movie um uh, would be a nihilist because he's one of the sorts who just wants to see the world burn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so um, gosh, I don't know what what in the news would have had me thinking about that. Uh, anyway, uh, I've written down some uh, some subjects here. Um, Brian, yes. uh, you and I have made no uh, no secret of the fact that there there was a time when we both drank, and then didn't, and then we didn't, and now uh, still don't. You still don't. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Do we need to take this offline? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> No, we still haven't. Uh, but um, here's something that'll keep a guy on the wagon. I don't know uh, to what extent you um, pay attention when passing uh, the beers in uh, your local um, uh, grocer, but there are some of, well, I guess you'd have to say fruitiest beers. And I mean that obviously literally because they're made, uh, uh, brewed and distilled with uh, black currant and uh, um, raspberries and um, you know, other fruits of the forest. Also, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a there's a trend for drinking hard seltzers. Have you seen that? I've seen it, and uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty easy not to drink when you walk by and see a twelve pack of Bud Light Strawberry Rita, and you think, <laughs> nah. Not worth uh, not worth cashing in the chips for one of those. <laughs> um, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Like, but I've I've seen the, uh, the the seltzers, the the White Claw, the the Truly, uh, Bud Light has a the seltzer. <laughs> the, the, the white the White Claw, right? <laughs> white Claw. Uh, yeah, it's like, um, it's like, uh, hey, you know what sounds great to me is maybe like a LaCroix mineral water with some Zima in it. Just a splash. 
just enough to get it to about 4% alcohol by volume. But, but I, I do think that those uh, White Claws are like a little bit heavier on the alcohol. I think they're like a 12%. No, it's not. It's not? I do not believe so, no. I think they are, they are shocking. Okay, well, that's fine because we all know that I can continue talking while you do the computer Google search. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Computer web search. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know what browser you use. Uh, me? I'm a duck, duck, go man. Anyway. 5%. Uh, 5%. Yeah, which is less than 12, isn't it? Significantly. Yeah. By 7%. Yeah. And, and by the way, what? I knew that. I knew oh. that and I tried saying that and you Hold weren't on. having it. Yeah, it's 12. Or seven. Seven is, is the difference. Oh my goodness. I'm still sleepy and I am getting feistier, but um, really, you're you're like thirty seconds behind me in the math. Speaking of math, you own any cryptocurrency? I did, I did, I did, and now I don't. Really, you kept it a full day? I kept it a full day and then uh, moved off of it today. And uh, gonna take home a nice tidy profit of two hundred and fifty three dollars. Are you kidding me? From a from, uh, yeah, I, I bought a hundred bucks worth. And uh, I thought you were joking. I thought you I mean, were no. joke. I mean, because that was hilarious. It's like I bought a hundred dollars today. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then well, I, I, and then so I bought a hundred dollars of it today, and then I mean, it hit it hit nearly like nine cents a coin. And, uh, and I thought, okay, this is getting crazy. Cause I bought it for like, uh, my oh, average it's cost. Oh, it's crazy. I, my, and uh, it settled back down and it was like, it, I think it was like five, five and a five, what five and like three eighths of a cent. And I, and I sold it then and made 253 bucks on it. Uh, okay. Let's go back. Um, okay. What are you talking about? Uh, do I have to say it out loud? <laughs> the name of the coin. <laughs> it's the Doge coin. Is that how you pronounce it? Doge. Yep. So, okay. So, Doge. So the people that own it, are they Doge bags? Um, I think that when you have so many Doge coins, you carry it in a Doge bag. Okay. That makes sense. Like Go, a large coin coin purse okay so the the doge is uh what you get if say you can't afford thirty thousand dollars for a bitcoin that's it okay so 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 so, uh no i'm i'm fascinated uh and i'll i'll tell you how i even heard about it uh though i think you know um what is it when did you hear about it and uh Tell me, tell me your journey. I'm fascinated, Brian, in your journey. Okay. Well, uh, oh, so Doge is a um, is a meme that goes back probably 10, 12, maybe even close to 15 years. 
This is, goes back quite a ways. And it was original. The term Doge was originally in a uh, like a cartoon puppet show that was an online show called Homestar Runner, and it was just goofy stuff. But they had a joke that somebody says the word Doge when they're referring to a dog, and so Doge then worked its way through the internet at different points, and then started popping up as a um, as a meme with a dog that is a what is it a Shiba Inu? Is that a is that a type of dog? Uh, I thought that that was uh, the woman in Conan the Barbarian. Uh, yeah, maybe it's the same name for for the for two different objects, whatever whatever that's called. Uh, homophone. Homonym. Homonym. And anyhow, so um, and uh, so there was a meme with a doge or a dog, and they called it Doge, and it kind of worked its way through. Anyhow, cryptocurrency then became a big thing. A guy from IBM and a guy from Adobe got together to make their own cryptocurrency, and they wanted to call it something fun and trendy, but didn't think that anyone would take it seriously, and they decided to call it Dogecoin. Um, back in like 2013, and it was extremely cheap. Um, and uh, apparently, there are some people that transfer Dogecoin for service because it's just it's just a really really cheap thing. Well, uh, it became something that was tradable on the Robinhood app, um, and I had heard about it just because it was a cheap cryptocurrency several months ago, and. Uh, thought about buying some when it was very, very cheap. And I thought, ah, oh, this is just be a waste of money. But then um, the other day I saw that uh, somebody with a lot of pull tweeted about it. Would that someone be Elon Musk, the uh, grass smoking CEO of Tesla? And SpaceX. The SpaceX smoking um uh, CEO of Tesla. That's it. Okay. And so, uh, so yesterday morning I woke up and I bought $50 worth of it. And then it started to get a little bit crazy and I bought another $50 of it and, uh, just to see what would happen. And, uh, yesterday it had a crazy unprecedented run and, um, I bought it for like a penny and a half and sold it at, Wow. I, I bought 65, 6,300 Doge coins at a penny and a half and uh, then sold it when it was, you know, 5.6 cents. <laughs> Give or take. When was, when was it 5.6 cents? Uh, an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> So you were uh, you 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 owned Dogecoin until um, an hour ago. Until an hour ago. Oh, Correct. so the reason I've been waiting is because you were fiddling around on Dogecoin. Uh, uh no. Wow, that you, was well. I I, I believe the, 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 well. I believe I, by the, I. I believe. I've introduced you previously as a one-man recession fighter, and um, and so you so you proved to be. 
say everybody, um, uh, Brian, let's see. Um, dinner's on Brian. We're all going to Dave and Buster's. They've got, they've got these new, uh, fried potato skins. Um, and I don't know what kind of topping they put on there, but they are something else. Um, so, um, what in the world? Something happened to my stupid, uh, my, my stupid account. So, so here's the deal. So I just checked on, okay. So you, are you looking at it right now? Yeah. It's at uh, what, uh, like five and a 10th of a penny. Okay. So, so that's, that's wait. So that, that's not five cents. It's five cents. Yeah. So it's, so it's five cents. So I last night uh, I logged on to um, Twitter and um, I don't know if we've ever mentioned it, but I uh, uh, listen uh, to the, the Bridget Fetessy's, uh podcast, Walk-In's Welcome. It's about grit and resilience. Um, she herself is uh, an addict who has been sober for seven or eight years. And she talks about that and has some people on. And I, I haven't listened to every word of every show, but enough to like her. And I follow her on Twitter because she's frequently funny. And um, she said that uh, she, <laughs> she had some sort of tweet, like she was going to get rich by investing the seven dollars and 53 cents that she makes by being an old litter uh, an old lady on uh youtube um uh into uh into do dogecoin dogecoin doge doggy coin <laughs> and uh so so I thought that that was hilarious. And I had some, I had, I had a couple of bucks in, um, uh, ready to burn. So, um, I, uh, I also, um, invested, uh, $7. The, the math didn't come out quite right. I ended up, I, I bought $7.59 of dogecoin because i want to be as rich as pretty bridget fetacy uh and um brian right now my 759 has been turned into 841. well i'm telling you the sky's the limit buddy you you might be doing better than i am because right now Robinhood is not allowing me to i mean i've sold my shares i've sold sold my position but um, it is not that those funds are not available to me because of, uh, because of market volatility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tough, uh, tough couple days in the market. Uh, I'm still up overall. I talked to Mrs. Winger about it. Like if she wanted me to get out, she's like, no, we're in it for the long haul. I'm like, um, well, I appreciate the benefit of the doubt, hun. I mean, uh, it is a scary time, but I, I'm not, I'm not, 
doing the GameStop nonsense. I mean, I actually, and we've talked about this before. I've actually invested in real companies uh, that I hope will continue to produce uh, valuable products and services and uh, will provide a better return than the uh, nothing point nothing that I'm getting from a savings account. And Warren Buffett agrees with you. He says uh, his, his best advice is people make money, people do well in real estate because they can't easily sell a piece of real estate. Um, it, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, but just because you can trade a stock or sell a stock and then buy another one and then sell that one and do it within 20 minutes of each other doesn't mean that you should. So you're better off buying a slice of America and just writing it out. Uh, remember that, uh, uh, so like Pete Campbell's grandfather lost everything in the Great Depression. And mm -hmm. uh, when they were talking about it, Bert Cooper says, some people just don't have any faith in this country. <laughs> Something like that. Yep. yep, I do remember that. Um, so, uh, um, of course, Bert Cooper died the night of the moon landing. Um, uh, not, um, you know, another night when some, uh, uh, publicity whore shaman was taking, taking control of the United States Capitol. Um, so, you know, whatever. Oh, okay. So look, uh, we're at the point where it's time to remind everybody that we are brought to you by, uh, Mrs. Winger.com, uh, the, uh, maker of, uh, high quality, stylish, comfortable masks, face coverings. These are dual, dual layer, um, with, a a slit on the inside um, uh, covering so that you could add a different filter, a, a HEPA filter, a, a coffee filter. I don't know if an aquarium filter would work, but uh, uh, something worth looking at. Um, so uh, uh, the the cotton uh, ear straps are just unbelievable. You you know you forget you have it on. Uh, and they're and they're just stylish. It's all giddy up. Um, it's really cool uh, to see, um, uh, you know, guys. Guys, guys like the masks. Women love the masks, right? I mean, you can. I think you can probably tell that Mrs. Winger is picking out most of the uh, most mo most of the fabrics and. Uh, women will select uh, some and they just rave about how cool the colors are, um, the designs. And then of course, these can all be browsed at uh, mrswinger.com. Um, um, what was the other? Yeah, there was something else. Um, uh, anyway, it's, uh, uh, you know what? Nobody knows anything. The, the, um, <laughs> this is this is this is uh, really a way to pitch a product, but um, 
the screenwriter William Goldman, who wrote The Princess Bride, um, uh, Marathon Man, many others, uh, and, and I think we were, we've referenced him uh, an episode or two ago, uh, but he wrote a book about Hollywood called Nobody Knows Anything. You know, I mean, stuff that ought to be a great hit or make a great movie just turns out to be a bomb or a stinker. And then other things that like absolutely positively should not work on paper are great. And, you know, I don't know. I think that that's true of a lot of different things. Um, you know, Billy Bean, right? And well, at least in, in Moneyball uh, is saying, you know, uh, you know, well, Billy Bean himself was a, what was he a five skill five player? Tool player five tool player what are those five tools brian uh average power speed hitting and hit with power were two different ones yeah hit, hit for hit for fielding power, hit for average speed speed defense field yeah fielding and arm Okay, it's a five-tool player, and it just never worked out for him. And then, yeah. And by the way, Brad Pitt wasn't like overshooting too much. Billy Bean is a—he's a tall glass of water. Yep. Yep. So, um, that well, that and just to touch on it real quick, which is a great point from the book and in the movie, they they spend a lot of time talking about a guy that has a, a good baseball face. Or a good baseball body. Oh, he's got a good face. You know, the scouts spend a lot of time talking about how important that is, or or he's got an ugly girlfriend. That well, I, that he, yeah, I remember that from the movie. He's got an yeah. ugly girlfriend. Ugly girlfriend means he's got no confidence. Right. So the stuff that they spend a lot of time focusing on, which Billy just didn't have any time for. No. You guys come in here with the same old ugly girlfriend nonsense. Yeah, that right. Well, so anyway, nobody knows anything about anything. Uh, and now they got these like, you know, there's like the, you know, so like there was the British strain and then the South South um, African strain. And now there's a Brazilian strain. And by the way, by the way, not for nothing, but why is it that all of these new strains can be referred to from their place of detection, but oh my goodness, where did Corona novel coronavirus SARS-2 come from? Where was it first detected? Oh, I don't, don't, think, I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody knows, do they? I mean, do they know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is nonsense. So, you know, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We wash our hands. We wear the masks. Uh, you know, in the next few months, we're going to be getting shots. And we're going to see whether or not life gets back to normal. <clears throat> what I'm not inclined to do is um, just, you know, I, I, I may have made a joke about this, but I do not currently... Uh, want to be Charlize Theron in the road um, and just stop wearing a mask and just walk out and let the cannibals eat me. That um, would be, that would be, 
very existentialist of you. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's a beaten existentialist. Ah, uh, yeah. So when you just take the mask off and say, eat me. Right. Yeah. Because of the cannibals. Right. So, um, so, and the other thing is, as long as we're wearing masks, I want a comfortable one and I want a stylish one, you know, something that expresses my individuality. Cause you know, Brian, I gotta be me. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm, I'm, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people like me. One in a million. Well, I don't know about that. Um, not, I mean, you know, and, and not in the sense of being a pain in the butt. I mean, there was a lot of that. Uh, but the way in which I make myself a pain in the butt is very distinct. <laughs> I'm, 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 a, I'm an original that way. Mm -hmm. So, um, so anyway, uh, mrswinger.com is the place to browse the really great styles and you're not going to be sorry about um, about the you know the fit and finish, as it were. You know, it's it's interesting because as you're talking about this, I'm you know, well, this is over Zoom, so we're we're able to see each other. Both of us wear glasses. We we're both wearing headphones right now. So uh, there's a lot of things that we put on our face that are hard plastic, even may have you know cushioned ear coverings or whatever. Um, and that's the thing about the, uh, the masks is that they have very comfortable cotton straps. Uh, you think about all the stuff that you got to put on, why not wear something that's comfortable? Yeah. Yeah. Just so, and I'll tell you something else. Our, our friend, Chris Levine, um, has got a, a real, a, a real winner of a, of a podcast working. Uh, he and his son Harrison are putting out the uh the 7208 podcast uh and it's only available on um spotify um, he, has an he, he has an exclusive yeah i think he's got like a joe rogan kind of deal so he's behind the paywall uh right. but um okay so every time i mean harrison's this is an incredibly uh introverted kid and i was thinking I don't know. I mean, like, you know, when we, um, when we, oh, like we, we had a zoom dinner and Harrison, you know, didn't make an appearance and I thought oh, he's a typical teenager. And then, but I mean, the kid is hilarious and, um, and Chris is throwing in some stuff and he, <laughs> so we had on a guest, they had on a guest, um, named, I don't know, Diego Sanchez or something. And um, they, they and and even um, well, I mean, there's like all sorts of made-up names, like like Harrison goes by the Cat Gomez, and it's not just Cat Gomez, like Cat Power, uh, but the the Cat Gomez, and um, uh, <laughs> and that that's hilarious too. Mm -hmm. uh, but then. Um, uh, so, 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 uh, 
the guest was older than Harrison, but younger than Chris, who's older than you, but younger than me. And anyway, he dropped a he dropped a Barney Miller reference, and he he referenced Abe Vigoda and Jack Sue, and I am howling. I am laughing. I I texted Levine, and it was just like all caps. Jack Sue exclamation point and um it was it just it died it died it died with um uh the two younger guys who didn't know who don't know who Abe Vigoda is who don't know who Jack Sue is who don't know who Barney Miller is I tell you you know youth is wasted on the young isn't it that sure is uh Barney Miller was one of the few shows that my dad watched and so really uh uh-huh so i remember you know i remember i remember the show i remember the guys but i couldn't tell you a storyline from it to save my life but i remember wojohowitz as uh as just having a really cool name so wojo wojo yep. yeah so um there was uh I remember one bit and it must have been after Star Wars came out. So I don't know, 76, 77. I don't know how long Barney Miller was on. This is a comedy set in like, uh, um, well, look at what talk about just riding the coattails of somebody. The 7208 uh, breaks ground with Barney Miller. And look at me. I'm just like, just, just coming in and like, oh, listen to my hot Barney Miller take. <laughs> So that, 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 that'd be 75 to 82. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, one of the actors leaves and they bring in Steve Landisberg, who's like this really dry uh, actor, uh, mostly a comedic actor. Um, Steve Landisberg is kind of who you get when you can't get Bernie Capel. But anyway, he had his own, he had his own thing. He's like, he, he just plays this really cerebral guy. And so anyway, uh, the detectives in the squad uh, had to face interrogation. And I think maybe even a lie detector test with uh, um, uh, internal affairs. So they, and, and, and Wojo, was like really emotional and so like they they strap him up and they ask him his name and like he he tells he tells the truth and then it records that he's lying so like he's like just so worked up about having to take a lie detector test uh for internal affairs that everything records as a lie Mm -hmm. then they then they uh uh you know uh, tie up uh, t- to the lie detector, wrap him up. Uh, uh, the detective played by Steve Landisberg. And um, he says, uh, where are you from? He says, and, and he's super slow and dry. And he goes, a galaxy far, <laughs> far away. And it, and, it, and, it, and it has him telling the truth <laughs> because he's like so in control mm-hmm. with his like pulse and his breathing and stuff. And that is maybe one of the only things I remember from Barney Miller. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm i not sure I was into 
you know, at that stage in my life, I'm not sure I was uh, into the cerebral comedy as represented by Hal Linden and Barney Miller. I think I was more uh, more of a, a Vegas with with uh, Robert Urich as Dan Tana. Um, uh, one of the Landers sisters might have been in that, or maybe both of them. I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. Fantasy Island. The Love Boat was usually stupid, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was the 70s. You know, it is, it, it kind of bothers me. I, you know, I'll see some, like, cool picture uh, of uh, people, you know, musicians, actors from the late 70s, and it's just everybody everybody was doing cocaine i mean i i hate to sound like mr hand from uh fast times at ridgemont high who who at the end was just convinced everybody smoked dope but um all those i, I mean i just think that like the entire art world was fueled by blow for um 15 or 20 years and I, I, you know, what do I know? I mean, it might still be, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what the kids are doing now. I don't know how Hollywood works. No, hmm. no, nor do I. <laughs> you know, I mean, they've they've gotten. There's some interesting shows, but uh, what I, else? Not, you, what else you got on the list? Uh, yeah. Well, well. well so what we're done we're do are you done with dogeball Do dogecoin doge oh, I'll, I'll keep talking about doge but uh i'm more concerned that i can't get my money from robin hood right now okay so well so what's the deal um okay so when you sell from robin hood they don't necessarily pay up right away i don't know i think that they i think and that they use i think that they usually do but they're coming under some heat because of what they've done with some of the stocks that some of the big guys have taken a short position on. Um, I mean, this is a really, this could, this could be an entire episode in itself. Uh, if, if we knew what we were talking about, or if or we really knew, if we'd really, well, there's, there's this thing with GameStop that's happening. That, right. That's short selling. Business, and I've but, always had a hard time getting my head around short selling, but it's essentially saying this stock is a loser. So I'm going to buy a bunch of it at this price and then um, drive the price up. And then when it does that, no, that's not it. So you, if there's something that you think is going down, yeah. what, you, what you do is you borrow it from somebody else. You borrow it? How do you borrow? Hey, well, I mean, I know how you borrow like a wheelbarrow from your neighbor. And then- or so, more like it, how so, my neighbor borrows a wheelbarrow from me. You never get it back. <laughs> it's been explained to me this way, is that if you, if that a, a piece of rope costs $10, okay, and you are convinced that the price of that rope is going to go down. And so what you tell your neighbor is that I'm going to borrow this rope from you, but I'm going to sell it later. You're going to borrow it and then you'll sell it back to him for $10 when you give it back to him. Okay. Why would your neighbor go for that? Uh, well, I don't know. 
because the rope Maybe, is. But and then if the price of rope goes down to say five dollars, you made up that you just made that difference. I don't know how you how does a short seller borrow stock. They're buying it on margin. So they're using somebody else's money to buy it. Right? Yes. That's the deal. So if I borrow your money to invest in Rope at $10 a share, Rope Inc., uh, uh, this is in no way uh, an endorsement of uh, Rope Inc. We're, it's, we're, not, we're not sponsored by Rope Inc., are we? We are not, no. Okay. Uh, that's a that's a dying business. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many young Americans can climb a rope? Yeah, that wasn't in the kids' uh, homeschool PE class. I'll tell you that. No, I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, though I'm sure Ella could just shimmy right up the to the to the top of the gymnasium. Um. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm borrowing from somebody else um, to buy to invest ten dollars uh, a share in Rope Inc. because I I have looked at it and Rope Rope Inc. is a loser. And wait, that's no, that's still not it. So if it's a loser, it's going to go down. Yeah. So why do I want to, why do I want to buy it at $10 a share? Here, stand by. Oh, we've really done our, yeah. Listen, both of you who have hung on to this point, we really appreciate your, your fidelity to the Managing Expectations podcast. The Managing Expectations experience. I um I use the expression uh, managing expectations uh, at work today, and my boss said, "What do you plug in your podcast?" I said, "It was a philosophy before it was a podcast." And and we that? laughed and we laughed and laughed. Hilarity ensued. Um, I don't see. Yeah. So anyway, the whole idea of short stock, uh, shorting stock. It uh, doesn't make any. Uh... So you borrow shares from a broker. You borrow shares in rope from a broker. I don't know how you borrow shares. Are you sure you're not buying on margin, which is to say using the broker's margin being okay. Like even Robinhood, right? It's mm -hmm. like you transfer money over into your account. Now it hasn't actually gone through the banking system yet, but they'll let you, they'll, they'll front you the money because they've got your banking information. They've got your routing number, the whole schmear. And so they can get it from you without sending, you know, so, Luca Brazzi around to get it. Yeah. I think buying something on margin is a little bit different. Fine. So you borrow somehow, in some manner that I can't fathom, you you borrow the stocks. You borrow the stocks. What happens then, Brian? 
then the broker then sells those on the market. Okay, which for our purposes in Rope Inc. is $10 a share. Yep. And then the shares fall to $5. And at that point, you, the broker, um, no, at that point, you buy back the shares for five, for five. And the difference between the two was $5 and you make that profit. That doesn't make any sense. It's high finance, Jeff. Does any of it make any sense? Because the bro why would the broker do that? The broker just lost five dollars. Just lost fifty percent. Uh, because it doesn't always work that way. Because sometimes, it's, because sometimes, sometimes a Reddit group will drive the price of Rope Inc. up to fifteen. Mm -hmm. So how does that screw the guy? So who's getting who's getting? Um, so eventually, the short seller has to buy back those shares at a certain point. You just can't, you've borrowed something. It's not yours. You have to buy them. Brian, can I borrow some of your stock? No. <laughs> I see, I don't see how it works. It's also stupid. Yeah. A pox on all of them. A pox. So, Anyhow, Robin Hood. That means Robin a sickness like smallpox or chicken pox. What other poxes are there? <laughs> pox Romana. That's right. <laughs> um, any, anyhow. Anyhow, where were we? Well, you were you were trying to explain short selling. Uh, you you were you were trying and failing to explain short selling to me. No, I, because even when I was writing for the newspaper, there was there was a time when um, like George Soros and others. Uh, this is like in the late '90s. They had like the other thing is um, you can like short national currencies, like you and i and i never really figured out about it <laughs> never mind the fact that i actually wrote articles about it <laughs> I, I i've never had my my head completely around the idea of shorting a currency or a stock but like the the thai form of currency is called the bot the b-a-h-t and uh uh people would short it, it would climb and then crash. And then when they, it, it's like you, you buy enough to get rich and then you do something to make it go through the roof and then you sell it and then everybody sells and then it crashes. And that's how, and that's how the big money guys make money on it. Did you see the thing, the, the Babylon Bee um, Twitter um, entry that um, uh, the SEC was going to limit that only those, uh, only, only people with a top hat and monocle and bags of money 
can buy and sell stock uh, because they were they they were getting like all intrusive. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. <laughs> and then the like the other side the other side of that. So like. Um, well, I, I guess not really the other side because that's that's suggesting that only people who are already tied in to the upper levels of the financial system uh, dare benefit from the 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 stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another another meme had a couple of guys um, saying. Oh, did your hedge fund fund collapse? Well, here's six hundred dollars, mate, to take the sting out of the next nine months. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, right. Um, but but that's kind of the the thing that's happening now is that uh, there's been these day trader guys that tried to uh, recognize that some of these big hedge funds had a short position in GameStop. So they thought, okay, well, we're going to screw with these guys and drive the price up, even though GameStop is a is a business that is they've closed a ton of stores that, that really shouldn't exist anymore. No, sure, no, it's it's uh, it's like a niche niche, it's a niche Radio Shack. The only difference is, I think, if you walk into a GameStop, there's not somebody trying to sell you batteries, right? So, um, so the stock price was down around 12, 15 bucks a share. And now last I saw it, it was like 330 bucks a share, but Robinhood has now restricted people from buying or yesterday they, they wouldn't allow people to use their platform to buy and sell, uh, GameStop shares, which a lot of people have had a hard time with because they're like, whoa, 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 wait a second here. Why can't we? Because Robinhood recognizes recognizes that the people who have invested in Robinhood, like these big hedge funds, don't want people to drive up the price of that stock. Well, I'm not sure that that's the only motivation for for Robinhood, which happens to be the trading platform I use. uh, Because, you know, a year ago, Scott Galloway was speaking highly of Robinhood because it's easy to use, but now he's become a uh, uh, bullish. He's a virulent critic uh, who talks about the gamification, about taking advantage of impressionable young minds um, who uh, are susceptible to the gambling like aspects of day trading and the gamification of trading stocks. I don't know. I, and, and, you know, the other question you can answer me is, um, is does Robin hood pay you any or charge you anything when you sell? Uh, they do. They do. They, they, it's not very much. They say it's commission-free trading, but uh, there's a, a pass-through that you have to pay. How much is? I don't. And I'll, I'll find out when once I get. Well, Brian, managing expectations, listeners are going to want to know. So maybe, maybe we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do a, we'll do an updated. Yeah, sure. well, I, I'm I'm sure that this will still be in the news. 
what because when we get together again in a week or two and half the country's eating rats <laughs> well th yeah this will still be in the news because cooked nothing... over cooked over uh burning rubbish in an empty oil drum on street corners not singing doo-wop I just said do wop. What do you bet it we hear from Chris Galley? <laughs> if you say do wop three times. <laughs> you know, we need to have him back on because there's there's some serious musical stuff I want to know about. Maybe not, you know, as technical as he'd like all all the time, but I mean, uh, you know, Phil Spector just died. And um, you know, uh he was a, a crazy drug addict who killed that gal. Uh, but man, the wall of sound just changed, you know, just changed the sound of pop music forever. Yep. It was really was, something. It was really something. And um, the extent to which, you know, uh, you know, like uh, Steve Van Zandt on his uh, Soul Fire album really did a great job capturing that, you know, that, uh, the robustness of uh, of the wall of sound. Mm -hmm. So, um, let's see what what else do we have. Uh, yeah, um, I um, there, there was there was there was there was something I saw on Twitter going back to the uh, uh, the memes about trading stocks for yes. Uh, <laughs> for Tell me more. The uh, the twitter account madman quotes had a picture remember when don like spent like the day with those hippies in <laughs> yeah that was a great episode that was a great episode and they were like you, it was the first you... time don smoked ganja right and they were like you can't go outside and he said you can't right and then they but this one it said you can't <laughs> you we we can't trade we can't trade stocks and then Don standing there with his suit and hat. You can't. Which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, um, of course, of course, uh, Mad, Mad Men is a, um, uh, a very, uh, uh, vigorous and, and authentic, um, really video novel, right, uh, of the 60s uh, with not, with hardly a single character that you'd want your kids to grow up to be. And um, we, that, Sarah and I were, Sarah and I were talking about that the other day. And uh, she said, there, there are no heroes in this show. No. There's not. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, some people are, well, okay. And I, I you know, um, but, but we agreed that maybe Carla. <laughs> Car Carla was, uh, a, uh, yes, a very stable force in the kids' lives. And Betty dispatched her in a uh, peak of crazy. And, um, yeah. that was that. Um, Interesting. I had, I, you know, I had a babysitter 
uh, Lois Kaiser. And uh, she really tried to encourage me reading. She gave me a copy of uh, 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 Scott Adams' Watership Down, uh, which uh, I carried around with me for 30 years. And I don't know whatever happened to it. I never got around to reading it. At, at first, I had a hard time getting into the whatever it is, magical realism of, you know, the, the bunnies having personalities and doing stuff and I don't know it all seemed kind of bleak but you know I appreciate um it's a uh, metaphor <laughs> Brian bunnies don't talk is that allegory or is that a metaphor it's so stupid because there aren't talking bunnies it's not very realistic, whatever it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, I appreciate Lois having uh, uh, faith in me, but uh, I'm I'm 56, and I'm not, sh and I'm pretty sure I haven't lived up to it yet. Also, there was that teacher. There was a teacher who taught. So my friend Bob and I took a reading. It was. Uh, I don't know what they even called it. It was it was essentially a reading class, and you read, uh, you 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 tested early. It, we were seniors, and so it was kind of a blow off class for us. It was uh, an English class where you just got to read books, and so you took a test, a, a, a reading speed and comprehension test, the first day of class, and we knew that the slower that you it took you to read and then the worse you answered on the comprehension test the fewer books you would be required to read and then there was also like journal uh, a, a certain amount of you know like journaling i guess is what you would call it but just you know writing observations down and so forth and um uh I, I can't remember this woman's name. She was very nice and 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 really, again, very supportive uh, of me personally. Uh, she saw through my ruse, but uh, you know, speed and comprehension being what they ought, were on the books, uh, I only had to read three three books. Um, and uh, uh, but my journal at some point, and I I can't even remember what I was. You know, okay. So look, here's the thing. I mean. In high school, I just played the angry young man, the tortured artistic soul thing to the nth degree. And I don't think it was all cynicism. I really didn't know how else to engage with life and with the world. And I mean, the fact of the matter is, was, uh, I was a tortured soul with artistic tendencies um and i certainly was an angry young man though you know not as angry as some i mean i wasn't like getting in fights and having trouble with the law and all that anyway um i wrote something um you know and i was just trying to be honest and i poured my heart out on the page and um this teacher asked me to stay after class for just a minute. And she said, Jeff, I was so moved by what you wrote that I started seeing my therapist again. Mm 
oh, that's pretty heavy. Okay. So I tell my friends, Rob and Bob and, um, Rob's, <laughs> Rob's says, <laughs> Rob, okay. So we're like, so I'm like 18, they're 17, going to be 18. And, uh, Rob says, what did you say in your journal? Hey, bitch, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it was nothing like that. I don't even remember what I wrote. I don't even remember what I wrote, but it was. Uh, not uh, that. Yeah, it wasn't that. No, of course not. So, I mean, because, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm just, you know, misunderstood. I, I tell you what, like teenage boys, like if you have something personal you want to share with them, they're just a great sounding board, aren't they? <laughs> Well, and I think, you know, here's the other thing, too. I mean, I think young men start to figure out that um, uh, start to figure out a way into the world of women. What can I do to make women like me? And uh, my shtick has always been like smart and funny. Okay. So like um, uh, in, an, in another in English class, uh, uh, I was like into literature in a way that like everybody else was like, oh my God, how long is this class? We've been here for three hours and it's really been 10 minutes. And I'm like, you know, really engaged and answering the teacher's questions and, you know, really excited about stuff. And there were like, there were two blondes in this class um, who I could, I mean, you know, and again, it's not like I was a ladies man and I, and I absolutely wasn't going to get girls because I'm so handsome or, you know, so fit. I wasn't popular, um, but, you know, there's a look you get and you think, hey, this young gal's kind of interested in me. And um, anyway, I chose the wrong blonde um, because the one I chose turned out to be crazier than a bag of snakes. But in the end, I chose the right brunette, sometimes blonde, depends on how much summer she, how much uh, sun she gets in the summertime. Yep. I tell you, we're coming up on 35 years and I wish, I don't know what uh, the 35 year anniversary gift is, but uh, whatever it is, I won't be able to afford it. I got, <laughs> I got my W2. I got my W2 the, this week and I'm like, I'm like, baby, I love you so much. And it's a wonder we're not living under a bridge. And, uh, but the, <laughs> the fact is, I don't know, uh, it's, it's working out. I mean, I'm in the best house we've ever been in in the nicest neighborhood, but uh, this kind of seems like smoke and mirrors. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, maybe I could come live in your basement. Oh, wait, no. no, no nope. Not going not, not gonna to work out. Not gonna work. But, 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 you've, but you've got a, a pretty nice basement there, right? 
Uh, no, uh, in <laughs> Texas, uh, we don't uh, mm. we don't have uh, basements, and that's because you would never want to you would never want to have protection anywhere uh, from the uh, uh, terrible windstorms that uh, come several times every year. Uh, the other thing is, I think that uh, Texans realize that if you had a basement, uh, there would be an excuse for relatives to come live in them. And uh, Texans, having already fleed, uh, fled um, economic tyranny uh, once in their lives, uh, didn't want to do that again. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about books. We're talking about me and being so excited uh, and um, about reading books. Actually, there is one more story, if I, if I may indulge you, Brian. Please do. Uh, so everybody, okay, so this is how I knew that I wasn't, oh, it should have, uh, I, I mean, I, this is this is proof that I wasn't like everybody else and I should have drawn deeper conclusions about this, but um, I didn't because I'm an idiot. Um, but there was a class and everybody was doing book reports and, you know, it's the sort of thing like where like, you know, a guy will get up and like kind of like kick his toe into the carpet and like you know mumble uh the book i read was called da, 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 and it was about this and that and the other thing and it was a really good book and you know and like you know they're up and out right and, yeah and, and it ends with uh, that's it <laughs> <laughs> and so i <laughs> okay and so and so like the I think the time the, there was a there was a minimum time limit on these book reports of like three or three and a half minutes, right? So, so I read again. This is in high school, many many years ago, thirty five, oh, well, more than thirty five years ago, coming up on forty, honest to God, and. Um, uh, I read Stephen King's The Stand. So it's a it's a doorstopper. It is a thick book. It's like a 900 page book or whatever. Okay. But everybody else is like dying with these um, uh, three minute book reviews. Okay. 200 page books. Right. Right. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing my book report and I am like, I'm like, and then, okay. So like at eight and a half, nine minutes, the bell rings and I'm trying to like keep everybody in the room because, because I'm like, just getting to the, I'm like getting to the grand finale. Listen, they haven't even made it to Boulder yet. <laughs> no, no, they had. So, so like, they had gotten to like, so the, the you know, the, the emissary, I, I can't even remember it, but like they, there, there's like four guys who walk from Boulder to um, Vegas and those, and, and stuff happens with those guys. And I'm like, and then a guy brings the atomic bomb and then, oh no, wait, 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 wait. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Come back, come back, come back. Yeah, I was that. <laughs> The bell doesn't dismiss you. 
You are not dismissed until the hand of God detonates the atomic bomb in Las Vegas. Spoiler alert. Um, uh, <laughs> and I would say, yeah, I'm that guy, but I don't think everybody had that guy in their class. I mean, they were sorry if you did, mm-hmm. but that was me. And I was like really into books and really into, you know, that world. So I, I, I've given thought lately of uh, writing again but I kind of put some eggs in this art basket and that's not turning out great because it turns out they want, you know, more work fast. So I'm like, okay. So, uh, you know, on nice days, uh, I've been painting and it's crap and I'm really unhappy with it and unhappy with the results. And so I got to like figure something out there and then, um, you know, just, you know, kind of press for time in many other uh avenues which are important and which i don't uh, necessarily begrudge nevertheless uh you know I, I, there's really not time for me to start writing right now consequently okay. so the reason i went back to the topic of books is for this because on our next episode of managing expectations we're going to gather a book club we're going to have back returning guest Tirza Major who was reading the book and then another special guest uh, to discuss The Deep Blue Goodbye by John D. McDonald. I, I thought that we were going to spend 45 minutes talking about uh foreign exchange and the arbitrage of precious metals. Um, uh, that's, uh, that's only if the guests cancel. Have you finished the book? I have finished the book. Did you enjoy it? It was great. It, it's, it's really great. Oh, okay. It is. Are you being sincere? Yeah, I'm being very sincere. Okay, because I'm pretty sure that the two millennial girls that we have on are going to give us a different perspective. Well, well, okay. Now, don't talk about it now. We want to wet the whistle of our listeners. Okay, okay. So I. So to, if I, you want to know, if you want to know the deal about next, the next episode, we, we're thinking about starting a cheesy book club. I think that the next book should be Daniel Steele's message from Nam, because if you're only going to read one book about the Vietnam experience, you want it to be Daniel Steele's message from Nam. Or unless, unless it's message from Nam. Okay. Wait, are there two books by Daniel Steele? Is that a, is that like a, a two-parter? <laughs> <laughs> Is that like one that's like written from somebody's perspective from like the South and then somebody's... Because <laughs> Clint Eastwood did that with the, 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 those two movies. Uh, the Bridges of Madison County and what was the other one? The, the Rivers of Madison County. 
so he, he did the he did the, like, yeah the, the, yeah yeah the, he did the letters uh, the letters from Iwo Jima yeah and he did uh, uh, letters from my father's and uh, the flags of Iwo Jima right that's right uh, that letters Ken that Ken Watanabe is an interesting character is an interesting actor you know he had cancer he's a cancer survivor I didn't know that yeah yeah he yeah he had um uh, you know you can look it up but yeah he had something and i think it got better whatever good um uh so he's a hero and a survivor even as i am about COVID 19. uh i'm uh, yeah i'm a survivor we're talking about that well you know i mean well yeah because at this point point by the time oh yeah you know, I mean, given our uh, uh, record of expediency, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, the country will have uh, reached herd immunity by the time uh, anybody ever hears this. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. You know, you know, Jack's a sensitive boy. Producer Jack has been getting the episodes out. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Maybe Producer Jack's dad could find what the kids are listening to in his, in his, uh, you know, in, in his cloud, and we could have a bonus episode. And so episode 37 could actually come out somewhere in the late 40s. You're still holding on to that. <laughs> you said it would, it would turn up. It hasn't turned up. Oh, it's still early. <laughs> in what? No, it's not still early. It's I've early already said in... I'm 56. It's still early in 2021. Yeah, well, if the events of 2021 have taught you anything, it's that uh, we're, we're, uh... it's, it's going to be better this time. Okay, so that's how it's going to be, huh? All right. You've been listening to the Managing Expectations podcast with uh, Jeff Winger and Brian Grimm, been brought to you by um, uh, MrsWinger.com, the maker of stylish and comfortable face coverings that, uh, you know, are as effective as anything. And uh, uh, also honorary, uh, honorary support from uh, the 7208 podcast uh, on uh, Spotify by a friend of Managing Expectations, Chris Levine and his, uh, his precocious son, Harrison. So, uh, uh, Brian, what are, what are you going to do this weekend? I'm going to short some stocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to short the sheets. Mrs. Winger will be so frustrated when she tries to get into covers. <laughs> uh, we want to thank Rope Inc. for their continued support <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, 
our uh, our discussion of Rope Inc. is in no way an endorsement of their fine product, nor does investment in Rope Inc. Uh, guarantee. Uh, how do you put that? Uh, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is by no means should be considered financial advice. Uh, what's the thing about uh, when you're trying to get somebody to invest in something? Uh, a Ponzi? No. Uh, when you... Uh, a Fonzi. <laughs> hey. Hey. Sit on it, mouth. Uh, no, the thing was... Um, Previous result or wait, pre, previous you know per, previous performances not guarantee future results. See, that's all I needed you to say. With that, we conclude episode forty-four of the Managing Expectations podcast. Let's go to work.